When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Uh, If you're consuming this when it drops, welcome to game day for both OU Baseball coming up this afternoon at 2 p.m. In fact, I guess moments from when this podcast just dropped. Sooner men's and women's basketball tonight. And, of course, we're getting ready for a big softball weekend as well, which is the focus of the start of this podcast. Jocelyn Allo, slugger for the Sooners, owner of a 26-game hitting streak, one home run from second all-time on the Sooner home run list, joins us coming up here in seconds. Plus, K.J. Kindler, it's senior night on Friday night inside the LNC. We'll get you ready as Meg McDonald goes one-on-one with K.J., uh, and then we'll wrap things up with a little baseball. So you get a diamond sports bread on the gymnastic sandwich here, if you will. Uh, we'll talk softball with Jossie. We'll talk women's gym with KJ. We'll talk baseball with Skip Johnson. But before we get rolling, it's a word from the Air Force. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. All right, I'm fired up for the start of the season. Softball is 12-0, 10 of those wins by run rule fashion. With some weather expected in the area on Friday morning, we've adjusted the schedule. We'll roll into the details of that in a moment. But first, 
Let's catch up with Jocelyn Allo. Jocelyn Allo is our guest. I'm fired up about this. We haven't had a chance to talk, uh, at least on the podcast or the radio in a long time. So can you just take me through the challenges of having that season cut short last year and how you went about kind of refocusing and getting ready for this year? Uh, Yeah, last year was really tough just because I felt like I didn't end the season. I didn't start the season the way I wanted to. And honestly, during quarantine, I had no motivation to do anything. But once we started getting closer to um, getting closer to coming back, I was like, okay, it's time to lock in, like, and started doing more stuff. You know what I mean? Um, But then once I got back here, I was like fully locked in and ready to go. I think just being back with the team, uh, really made me more motivated because seeing them over zoom, I honestly was not motivated at all. What? So it was seeing your teammates then? Cause I, I won't lie to you. I felt the same way. I didn't want to do anything. I was sad. I was mad. We weren't yeah. playing softball, but wh- what was it that kind of clicked and said, okay, l- l- let's go. It was just seeing the level of competition go up, honestly. And I knew we had a good freshman class coming in and, to be quite honest, I was not going to let a freshman take my spot or anyone take my spot. So that kind of motivated me as well. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, I, I want to talk about your season here in a bit, but I want to brag and, and, and kind of talk up your family because, I mean, everyone kind of knows a, a Hawaii product. But, mm-hmm. Jossie, take us through the story about kind of how you first realized that, hey, softball's my thing and, and, <sighs> your, and your dad making you wrestle and obviously what you took from that. I mean – you guys are an athletic family. Your dad played college ball, too. Yeah, he did. He played at Laney, and my mom actually played softball at Laney, too. So that's how they met. And then he got her to move to Hawaii. But, um, yeah, I've played – so I started off T-ball first at, like, four years old. And actually what really got me into T-ball was um, I wasn't old enough to play when I was three. And um, – I was just, uh, I was watching my sister play and I got super jealous. So then at three years old, my dad would take me to the park every night and we'd hit 500 balls, pick them up, hit 500 more balls. So I think just the level of dedication from super young, like a three-year-old wanting to go hit balls, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, started playing baseball and softball at the same time, was wrestling as well. Um, and then once I got to be about 14, I uh, strictly stuck with softball because obviously I didn't want to play with the boys anymore. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I just stuck with softball ever since. I My first travel ball team ever was in Hawaii and then eventually moved our ways to California where I became a bat buster and have been with them ever since. So, and is that how you kind of became familiar with, with Oklahoma and how you kind of started setting your eyes on potentially being a Sooner? What's crazy is I actually was committed to Cal Berkeley, my high school freshman. In high school, I was committed to Cal Berkeley as a freshman And then as my years went on, I just kind of had a change of heart and my heart just wasn't with Berkeley no more. So I had decommitted and right before, it was like a couple months before signing, maybe two or three, 
um, decommitted and uh, Oklahoma had something. So when I committed here to Oklahoma, I actually committed on no scholarship. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I didn't and know that. My parents were going to have to pay for everything freshman year. However, things ended up working out and got uh, got myself a scholarship. And yeah, the rest has been history. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Your, your dad and your family, and I say your dad, but your, your mom, your grandma, your sister, mm-hmm. your family, they're all in on this right now. What is it mm-hmm. like for you whenever you see, you know, your parents at a game? You'll hang loose and point towards the crowd. Or are you, you mentioned how your sister just hit a home run a couple of weeks ago for the first time. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're important to you. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of a statement of the obvious. But I don't know, Jossie, it just seems different to me with that relationship that you have with your family. I'm, I'm like envious of it with how close you guys yeah. seem to be. Yeah, it's just obviously girls in Oklahoma get to see their family all the time and I don't get to see my family all the time. So when I do get to see them, I really like to just enjoy every single moment with them. Even if it's just me pointing to them (laughs) when I'm uh, on second base, but yeah, they're very important to me and I don't think I would have been here without them. So I owe it all to them. When did you, when did it come? Because when you came in, there was some talk that you had caught a little bit in high school, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> so that by that reaction, I think it was an okay uh, idea from Jocelyn's mind to become an outfielder, right? Full time. Yeah, I was a catcher in high school. I was not bad, okay. but um, I knew I was not going to catch in college. Uh, one, I got bad knees, and two, I just—it's too much for me. Like Lindsay, Lindsay and Hansen, they do a really good job of it, so they can have all that. <laughs> Uh, Jossie, you, you, the, the one thing that, that is kind of funny is you tell the story about, you know, you're, you're, you're breaking your grandma's window whenever you were hitting home runs. Uh, I love that story, but what, what's caught my eye over the last couple of years is how you've rounded into form to be a complete hitter. You're more than just Jocelyn Allo, 30 home runs as a freshman, you know, nearing second all time on the Oklahoma Sooner home run charts. What was that progression like for you to go from, from a complete, a power hitter, which you still are, but to become a complete hitter too. I've just really upped my game. And right now I'm just super locked into what I'm doing. Um, some things had happened that obviously made me want to lock in even more, but I just feel super locked in right now as a hitter. And um, yeah, I just, I'm just super locked in, like I said, but yeah. So- um, are, 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 is there? Are you superstitious? Are there things that Jocelyn Allo has to do before every game, or no? Is that not you? I used to be super, super superstitious. <laughs> like before, um, I wouldn't brush my hair on game days, but now I brush my hair on game days. <laughs> um, but I have a certain way I put my uniform on. I always do that stretch before um, I go into the box and kind of just getting my mind right, but. Other than that, um, I can't really think of any more superstitions. What is it like for you now and how you've handled things physically? Because I, I, you can sense it. You just seem to be in as good a shape as you've ever been in your life. I mean, mm-hmm. can you have you changed your workout routine? Has it been a Dane Summers thing? What's kind of clicked for you in the weight room, uh, Jocelyn? Uh, for sure, Dane has contributed, it, contributed to a lot of it, and he even – made me want to up my game even more too in the weight room. So I actually lost a bit of weight. Um, I lost about 20 pounds from quarantine. Yeah. Um, 
I just changed my eating habits. Just obviously I still go to Chick-fil-A, you know, I need that. (laughs) But, um, I just eat a lot better. And like I said, I'm just super locked into what I'm doing right now. You don't notice it. I do. And it makes me mad. So here we go. (laughs) Whenever someone like, for instance, I think you have three strikeouts this year and people celebrate a Jocelyn Allo strikeout. Like they just won the championship. Uh, yeah. but for you, it's, it's gotta, I mean, you never want to strike out, but I mean, that's like the ultimate goal for a pitcher. I mean, it's gotta be almost like a, for you. Wow. That, that, that really shows you how much fear Jocelyn Allo can put in the opposing team, right? Yeah. It, it's kind of, um, an honor, like coach said, for people to strike me out. Not <laughs> that I'm trying to give people that honor, <laughs> but, um, like, I just know my next step bat. I'm like, all right, like. Let's go. Right. A um, couple of other quick things, and I'll let you get out of here. First of all, I know you like to talk about your teammates too. So in that, this is a very dangerous lineup, maybe as lethal as I've seen. This is my sixth year doing games. Uh, it, and you guys pass the torch so well to each other. Jossie, can you just kind of give us a little snapshot of how comfortable – I mean, you, you're locked in. You brought that up. But yeah. how comfortable this whole lineup seems to be right now, everyone who gets a chance? This whole lineup is locked in top to bottom and even one through nine is super locked in, but our bench is loaded as well. Um, It's just crazy to see the amount of talent that we have on this team. And um, coach always says that iron sharpens iron. And I truly believe that this team is full of iron. (laughs) Yeah, no, that that's a great way to put it. And then I guess, you know, finally, I know you want to win a championship, um, but for you, is your team goals are always ahead of individual goals is, is the one thing I've noticed. Is that just kind of part of your DNA and your makeup that, Hey, let people talk about home runs and, and streaks and whatever. You just care about team goals. Don't you? Yeah. I just, I want to win a national championship and I need my team to do that. So it can't just be all me. All right. All right. Well, I'm excited to be back home this weekend. Oh, so excited to just put my suitcase away for a while and just be in the comforts of my own home. That's awesome. Jossie, good luck this week, and I appreciate your time as always. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you. All right, here's what the schedule this weekend looks like. Again, uh, a little bit different based on the fact that it's not really a true tournament. This is the Courtyard Marriott Tournament, but because of this weather that's rolling in, we don't think we'll be able to get all four games in on Friday. So, One game on Friday for the Sooners against Sam Houston. That'll be a 6.30 first pitch. All these games we'll have for you on the Sooner Radio Network. Then tomorrow, Missouri – well, Saturday, excuse me. Missouri and ULM at a doubleheader. Missouri at 12.30, ULM at 5.30. On Sunday, we'll kick the day off with a showdown against Missouri at 12.30 again. And then at 5.30 on Sunday night against Sam Houston. The updated schedule is online right now at Soonersports.com. There's been an adjustment made to the Hall of Fame tournament for next week. The Sooners are not playing BYU on Thursday, but they will play UT Arlington on Wednesday at Marina Hines Field. And then at the Hall of Fame tournament this weekend, one game Friday, one game Saturday, one game Sunday. Friday, March 12th against Houston at 4. That's going to be at Hall of Fame Stadium. Saturday against Liberty at 4. That's at Hall of Fame Stadium. And then we'll wrap things up at Marina Hines Field against Liberty at high noon. All right, it's a big weekend for the women's gymnastics team. It is their home finale for the regular season. An incredible run once again for the Sooners women's gym squad. They're 14-0 on the season. And they wrap things up 
against BYU inside the LNC on Friday night. Meg McDonald went one-on-one with KJ Kindler. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our Sooner Vision Studios. Same drill as every week. KJ Kindler, Meg McDonald. And the Sooners pick up three wins in a quad meet this past weekend. First of all, KJ, congrats on career win number 500. 94 wins at Iowa State. And then math-wise, 406 here at Oklahoma. I think that's correct. I'm not a math major. I was a journalism major. But first question for you, knowing what you know now, 500 wins for you, what would you tell yourself? What advice would you have given yourself in your first year as a head coach? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I think um, as a first-year head coach, I was really overwhelmed, and I'm sure most head coaches are. Um, I'm a coach at heart. That's what I love to do. So what goes along with being a head coach uh, is far beyond coaching. It's marketing. It's um, PR, human relations. It's paperwork. It's recruiting. It's all of that. You know, I used to recruit when I would coach um, on the weekends as a club coach. While I was an assistant coach, I couldn't do that anymore when I became a head coach. So really had to do more research, things like that. I didn't just get to see everyone on the weekends. So a lot changed, a lot changed. And I would have told myself, it's going to be okay. (laughs) The Sooners continue to climb the rankings. They are ranked second after the first weekend of counting the NQS scores. How have you seen this team build? And I guess in a general question, how would you describe this season? It's been unique. Yeah, unique's a good word for it. Um, A little bit chaotic. We haven't had that consistency that we normally have and that our program prides itself on, you know, having um, consistent performances week after week, consistent lineups, all those things. So we've had to handle a lot of new situations. I think that's great as a coach. You learn and grow from that. And certainly our team has grown from it as well because sometimes they were just used to keeping on, keeping on. You know, they knew what was coming the next week. We never know what's coming right now. So we are adjusting on the fly. I think that that has been really important for our team. I think it will serve us well in the postseason to be able to be flexible in that way. Um, Because I would say we are a little bit, you know, we're organized. We like our schedule. We stick to everything. Uh, And being flexible maybe wasn't, you know, one of our top 10 qualities (laughs) before. But now we're really working hard on that. And I think we'll be more prepared because of it. So Oklahoma hosts a quad meet this past weekend. It was Denver, Texas Women's University, and Lindenwood. They start on vault. Take me through that first rotation. Yeah, I mean, vault was phenomenal. We had a couple really great vaults in there. Um, Obviously, Evie. Evie stuck her vault cold. Um, She hasn't done that all season. She's always had a little toe out of a place or a little hop. Uh, So that was really great for her, a a wonderful moment. And then Audrey Davis uh, doing her one and a half again. I know last week you really wanted to know, when will she be doing it? Well, that was a good moment. She warmed up well. Um, The team set her up well. So we went for it, and she stuck it two two times in a row. That's pretty remarkable. Um, And then went 9.95. So very exciting for her as well. So vault rotation went well. Allie Stern certainly can score higher. She can have a better performance. Um, But, you know, you can't be spot on every time. And uh, Allie will do it next time. (laughs) Audrey Davis, you mentioned her a career high 9.95. Well, she also has a career high 9.95 or ties it on bars just moments later. How impressed have you been by this freshman? Yeah, so impressed. You know, 
Sticking landings, I think, is something that she's had to get a little more used to. That's definitely been a change in her training. Um, and you can see that it's starting to pay off here later in the season. Uh, at the beginning of the season, we were seeing steps from her pretty much on every event, including balance beam. And um, this week, she's just stick, 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 uh, knows kind of where that landing is a little bit better. Um, but most importantly, she handles the pressure really well. She kind of, uh, she's grace under pressure. She embraces it. Uh, and for a freshman, that's unusual. Moving to bars, Olivia Troutman is back. Reagan Smith is back. You have Carrie Thomas, Anastasia Webb. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. This bar team is stacked. What excites you most about this bar team? Um, I'll tell you what's been the hardest is in these last weeks as people have gotten healthy is trying to decide who wouldn't compete. You know, pulling Jordan Draper out was very difficult. She's going to be in and out. She is not not going to be on the sideline the rest of the season because she was bringing it every single week. Got a 9-9 high score of her career, won bars in one of the competitions. So we feel really blessed. Like, we have a really strong event here, um, especially if she's your alternate on the side. Uh, so we're looking for 49-5s and up from the rest of the season. Like, we can do that. Moving over to Beam, this team is capable of putting up big scores. We've seen it. It's incredible. How can this beam team get more consistent throughout the rest of the season? Again, this, this lineup has not been consistent at all. It's been shuffled around a lot. Definitely not something we normally do, and especially on balance beam. Um, with Carly stepping out, Olivia stepping out, uh, we and Reagan now out of the lineup. Those were three staples in this lineup that were expected to be in there week in and week out when we started in January, and it just didn't happen. So um, you've got Olivia getting healthy again. Carly Woodard will be gracing the lineup this week. Um, and then you have Reagan, who's almost there. She's almost there. She's almost back. So it's going to be, honestly, very difficult for us to decide who goes out there. And, and for me, I'm going to go on mindset. I'm going to go on confidence because that's what that event's all about. Just in this past meet specifically, Jenna Dunn and Carrie Thomas led the Sooners on this event in terms of scores. Jenna's first, Carrie's fifth. How have you seen these two athletes adjust to their roles on this beam team? Honestly, that was the best move we made this season was putting Jenna first. You know, originally that kind of wasn't the plan. Um, Olivia had started beam her whole career, and that was, you know, in my mind in the preseason, that was the plan. Um, and then when that plan couldn't come to fruition, I had to make some choices. But when, when we decided to put Jenna first up, I think that was uh, the best decision we made. And I'll tell you, uh, volunteer assistant Ashley Kerr was the one who kind of came to me and said, I really think we should put Jenna first. I think she'd be good in that spot. Um, and I wasn't really sure. You know, she's a sophomore. Um, she's still a little bit young, but she is super steady, and it has proven to be a great decision. Hey, kudos to Ashley Kerr. That's, That's right. Really awesome. <laughs> hey, kudos to you for listening because clearly it's, <laughs> it's paid, paid off. off. Okay, moving to floor, Anastasia Webb with the highest score on that event for the Sooners. You choreograph every single routine. How does Anastasia continue to push you in terms of creating new ideas and creating unique choreography for her? It's easy to create unique choreography for her because she's a great dancer. Her body moves in ways you and I cannot. 
<laughs> you know, so she she can move her hips, she can move her ribs. She's she's just very very pliable, and so almost anything can look fantastic on her. I'll do some of the most obscure and bizarre moves, and when she does them, they just look like honestly, it looks like water pouring out of a faucet. It's just that smooth. Um, so I I can do anything with her. That's what I love about working with her. Okay, who challenges you the most in terms of choreography on floor? Hmm. Of the people in the lineup? No, no I think I it could be anyone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is a tough one. <laughs> I, had, I had some good people to work with this year. Olivia. Why? The spirit is there, but she you have to really pull it out of her. She likes to shrink it. You know, she'll she'll pick I'll put a big movement in there, it gets a little bit smaller over time. Sometimes she doesn't showboat the way she should. Like that's her event. That's where she shines. Um, but she is a challenge when it comes to choreography. <laughs> Moving ahead, five seniors will be honored on Friday night for senior night. How would you describe this senior class? Oh gosh. So, so different. They're all so different um, in terms of uh, who they are as people, you know, even, even what they want to do with their lives, and of course in their gymnastics, like just such different and, and very um, unique individuals. And I think that everything that they bring to the table really kind of fills the pot full, you know? How have you seen this senior class grow over the last four years? Gosh. <laughs> I wish I had like videos of those first few weeks in the gym, but um, I mean, obviously maturity. I mean, I, I think that's the obvious answer because when you come to college, you, you know, you're starry-eyed, you are nervous, um, you don't know what to expect. Sometimes you're not yourself, you know, because you're not really sure who you are. And I think as time goes by, you just really develop that person inside and, and we get to know you better really inside and out. And, and I think that's the best part, you know. Number 11 BYU comes into town on Friday night. This team looks very, very good. What improvements do you want to see this Oklahoma gymnastics team make from last weekend and bring into the final home meet on Friday? First of all, kudos to Guard Young. He's done a phenomenal job with that program. Um, it, it has grown tremendously in his time there. I, I know they'll be very prepared. Um, and something I love to see from them is, is their floor performances. I think they're really captivating on floor. So this is going to be a big challenge for our team. Um, what I would like to see is a four-event meet. You know, that is our goal, to have a four-event meet where all events um, are spot on, through the roof, kind of getting the best out of ourselves everywhere. That's what I want to see. And depending on when you consume this, baseball may have already wrapped up its first game in Frisco, or they, they might be in the midst of playing their first game in Frisco. Regardless, Toby Rowland had a chance to talk with Skip Johnson to get you ready for the weekend as OU faces a challenging schedule in Frisco. Hey, Coach, you're 4-3. and three. Uh, Kind of finish that opening stretch where you played seven games in eight days. What is your seven-game assessment of your team so far? Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, our team spirit is really good. Um, and I think we're going to swing the bats better than we have. Um, you know, it's kind of inconsistent right now. Our defense is... A little bit inconsistent. I think once we started getting rolling, kind of getting in that routine of 
doing it day in and day out. Like yesterday, we inter-squatted because I think it's, we think it's very vital for us because we take a COVID test on Thursday to keep inter-squatting even during the mid, even during the midweek because you never know who's going to get uh, tested positive or not. So they, they're going to have to play a lot of games. You know, you got the bigger roster uh, this year. I think you usually have 35, and this year you're traveling 42, or not traveling, you've got 42 guys on the roster. I would imagine that's got some advantages. I would imagine maybe there are some disadvantages to that, perhaps. What are the pros and cons that you're learning early on to having the larger roster this year? Well, I think that's a great question. The pros are that, you know, if somebody tests positive and the guys had some at-bats, but, you know, uh, uh, that's the biggest thing. But it also the pro to me is it teaches these young men to be selfless instead of selfish. You know, um, all, we always talk We always talk about, uh, hey, when we're inter-squadding during, before, during the spring when we're inter-squadding, everybody, everybody's in the lineup, everybody's getting to play. But once they make that lineup, not everybody's getting to play, but your role is to pull for your teammates. And so it teaches them to be selfless instead of selfish. Oh, before you, that's one of our clauses, you know. Oklahoma, before you, yourself. And so that's what we talked about. And, and it, it's hard I mean, because, you know, th- those guys want to play. I get it. But, you know, the role that they have to do, they might come off the bench. I mean, it's the game that, that really is uh, – uh, is I mean it's a game of strategy. You just never know. You got to put guys in certain situations and be ready to play. I was excited to see Brett Squires get going for you against Baylor on Sunday. Um, how important is he to your lineup going forward? And then how flexible is he? Because you had him at third third base the other day, but obviously that's where Peyton Graham usually hangs out. So. Where all can he play for you if you need to get him in the lineup? He can play anywhere on the field. I haven't seen him catch, but you know, on the mound, he's he's ninety one, ninety three with a good good breaking ball too, and uh, uh, he reminds me a lot of Chris Davis. Um, he, you know, Chris Davis played for me when I was at Navarro Junior College, and uh, uh, he reminds me of him a lot. He can play outfield. He can play first base. He can play. Uh, Third base, he probably can play short and second in a pinch. You know, he can play anywhere on the field. I, I just don't know. Might be a little too big to catch, but you know, uh, that's that's one of those positions that you got to be got to be a little bit crazy sometimes to play it. But uh, uh, you know, I think that's what's really good. Kate Horton, did you ask a question about Kate Horton? Was it no Brett Squires? Oh, Brett. All right, yeah, Brett. I mean, he can play anywhere on the field. I thought you said something about Kate, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean. I was really excited to see him get going. He works extremely hard. He's a baseball player. He's instinctive. Um, and I think the adjustment he, adjustments he's going to continue to make, you know, in, uh, in junior college, you have guys with good, just as good as arms in Division One. They might not, they might not have the command some of these Division One pitchers have. And, and that's probably been the difference that he's seen. And he'll continue to grow in that area because that's what we look at is trying to develop and grow as a baseball player, and I think he'll continue to do that. Are you pleasantly surprised that your bullpen has been as dominant as it has been early in the year, considering how early yeah. it is? Absolutely. I've been really surprised. I was excited to see the work that Carson Carter put in. 
And, uh, uh, and it's kind of like Austin Hanson. I don't know if you got to see Austin Hanson over the last inning of uh, the big league game for the Astros two nights ago, but I'll send it to you. But it's kind of like him, man. He went through, and all of a sudden he, he got that little niche, man. He started doing it. He got some confidence, confidence. As he went, more confidence as he went out there, and so has Carson Carter. And uh, uh, I think that that kind of it kind of filtered after Jared Godman did what he did. Even though Jared Godman started his freshman year, he kind of filtered off to the other guys. He gets kind of contagious, and so uh, uh, I was excited to see that. And they kind of, you know, they kind of take a mantra to uh, get out there and get after it. And you know, and they're very they're very competitive, which is really good. I mean, Toby in our world we live in today, there's not there's probably not going to be any more 300 game winners, you know, or maybe not even 20 game winners because they're throwing three and four innings, you know, and uh, the starters are. It's kind of a, a unique deal. We're kind of, it's evolving right in front of us. Braden Carmichael uh, got you the win against UTA on Wednesday. Uh, the decision to give him the ball tonight in game one, today in game one, and uh, what did you think of him in his first start? Uh, I thought his first start was really good. I think he got kind of tended. We know we had that long inning in there, so he got you know, kind of complacent a little bit, you know, you know, you got to also see something, your mind, your mind is a powerful thing. Like, you know, him sitting in a dugout for a long time and it's real, but you got to go out there and still pitch in that environment. So you still got to attack. He got to where he stopped attacking the last inning. He's very confident. Um, I want to try to get some normal rest for Wyatt, normal rest for, uh, uh, um, uh, Fowler, normal rest for Bennett going into uh, this weekend. So uh, he was the right guy to put up there, and and we'll see how he does today. But, you know, like Jared Godwin, I, I, I explained that to our whole team. I said, you hear the cliche all the time, you can do anything you in, in the world if you just put your mind to it. And you got to see that with Jared Godwin on Friday. And, you know, it's kind of – I asked him, I said, hey, man, what what, did, what what was going on? How how did it feel out there? He said, Coach, I just thought I was throwing the bullpen. Just throwing the ball in the mid. And you can get in that mode, man. It's a uh, it gets fun. You, you don't have to you know, you just go you're just playing good catch. You get Arizona today, you're gonna face a very highly thought of right hander in Chase Silseth. Do we know uh, much about him, coach, and, and about this Arizona team you're gonna face the next couple of days? Yeah, they're very, very good, well coached. Uh, uh, they have you know, three or four guys that usually won't make it to school. Uh, they got to school, you know, a lot like uh, Kate Horton. Uh, he got to school, probably didn't know if he's going to get to school or not. And so you see, they've got three or four of those guys. And this right hander we're facing today is going to be anywhere between 92 and 95, 96 miles an hour with two breaking balls, one slider, uh, and a curveball to put away with. Very competitive, and uh, uh, they're going to put they'll, they'll play the West Coast type offense where they're going to you never know what's going to they might bunt they might slash they might push they might hit and run they might do those things to try to create some chaos. So it'll, it'll be a good test for us to see where we're at in, in that situation, and hopefully we can learn lessons if uh, as we go through the game. Great stuff, great info. Always love chatting with uh, Skip Johnson. Coach, thank you so much, and we'll see you down there in Frisco in a couple of days. Good luck to your team. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys.
So the Sooners are playing uh, two games against Arizona. The Thursday game just underway. I mean, we're dropping this podcast essentially at 2 o'clock on a Thursday. Uh, And then on Friday, they play Arizona at noon. On Saturday, Missouri on at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. Then Dallas Baptist on Sunday at 6. All these games being played in Frisco, Texas at the Dr. Pepper Ballpark. All right, it's a big night tonight. It's a big weekend ahead thanks to Jocelyn Allo, thanks to K.J. Kindler and Meg McDonald, and thanks to Skip Johnson and Toby Rowland. We'll see you guys back here with the postgame show immediately after OU Texas. And we'll get you ready for a big weekend as we count down to not only the start of the men's, but also the women's Big 12 tournament. And, of course, all kinds of diamond sports to come. Have a great start to your weekend. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.